0: Buddy. Welcome back to another Comic Book Fridays for 7 Days to Rockin' Stone Guardians. How goes it there, Ryan? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, finally getting a little bit warm out here. Uh, now that it snowed again. Yeah. It went from, what was it,
1: 70-something degrees to 40 degrees overnight, and then we had snow the
0: very next day. Yep. So,
1: All in the span one. of three days is
0: crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't get much sleep those days, but uh, you know, it's warmer now. Yeah, that'll certainly so, do it. Um. So, yeah. what are we? Uh, what are we doing today? What's so uh... today? We're uh, we're gonna take a little break from deep diving into uh, Marvel universe groups and individuals to uh, do our own little thing. We're going to be talking about an independent comic book story, where we're going to talk about how we want to turn it into a movie, who's going to play the characters, and then what the movie's going to look like.
1: Awesome. That sounds good. I know I've got a story. Uh, I'm sure you've got a story. I sure do. Which, um, I mean, did you have any other like separate
0: stories that you probably wanted to do at some point in the future? Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about what um what the next Marvel thing is going to be? Oh no
1: no no! I was just saying like what, like in your process of uh, choosing a story to do here, like um, did you have secondary ones?
0: Oh yeah yeah. Choose between a couple of them. I had a couple that I wanted. There were a whole bunch uh, that I wanted to do. Um, so uh, you know, one of the ones that uh, we talked about in our first independent comic book uh, podcast, uh, Witch Blood. I've I really thought about doing that one. Oh, yeah. But I thought about, since we've already talked about it kind of a little bit, that, you know, doing it right away would maybe not be as interesting as choosing something new. Um, and then, uh, you know, like, you know, Power Rangers 2 would go into like some of the other stuff the Power Rangers are doing. But, um, you know, I thought doing something that maybe wasn't as recognizable might be interesting too.
1: I um I wanted to do something called Sex Castle.
0: I don't know. <laughs> if, I don't know sounds if, great. I don't know if you're
1: familiar with that one. It's it looks awesome. I would highly recommend it. It's only a, a single graphic novel. Uh, I want to say it's from Dark Horse. Let me make absolutely certain of that. Interesting. Uh, no, no, no. Oh my God! Safe search. Safe search. <laughs> Um, Sex Castle, yes, by Image. Image, so Image was the one that okay. I chose, but uh, I chose a couple of different stories. But Sex Castle is about um, the former world's greatest assassin leaves the world of killing for a small town, only to be pulled back in. It's an action romp in the style of classic '80s action films.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, okay.
1: The type of graphic. Uh, sorry, artistry in this particular one looks a lot like or makes me feel a lot like you know the Johnny Bravo kind of old school cartoons Yeah, that's what it feels like at least from the few pictures that I can find online Um, supposedly supposedly someone's already picked up the rights, bought the rights shortly after this novel came out for movies and it's been in development for the last six or so years it looks like they are going to plan on making a movie of it, but I would highly recommend picking it up. It's uh, it's only about 200 pages, okay which for okay. for a book, it's not too bad, um, but it's, no, a, no. it's all a graphic novel, so it's going to go by quick, unfortunately. Yeah. I say unfortunately because it looks hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks good, um, but it's in the style of 80s action. Oh, all those Kurt Russell movies, like Escape, oh, Escape from New yeah. York, Escape from L.A., Big Trouble in Little um, China, love those movies. Yeah, all those action films with Kurt Russell from the '80s. This is exactly what I think they were going for, and it, it looks great. And I, it's only sixteen bucks over at uh, at Image, so it doesn't look too bad.
0: Yeah, It's not too bad.
1: No, I'll probably put it up on the twitters for everybody, but pick it up if you get a chance.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right so before we get really rolling into it uh let's talk about what books came out this week sweet, on sweet. the 27th go for it uh so for marvel we got thor number 24 uh this one might be an interesting one for you because the tagline on the cover is uh the death of the all father question mark oh shit that's cool
1: yeah the death of the all father have has uh, has own never died in the uh in the comics before? Uh,
0: I, I can't think of a specific comic, but I'm sure he has. Yeah, uh, they, all, they, they all they, died. They eventually. went through Ragnarok through, in, in one of the early 2000s. So I think, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number one. So this is a new Amazing Spider-Man arc. Uh, looks pretty cool. Um, we got Punisher number two. So this one's an interesting one. Um, I picked up the number one for this. Uh so this uh is following Frank Castle as he becomes the uh, forget the exact term they use in the book, but like the the head killer for the hand. All right. Uh so yeah, so this should be uh interesting arc. It's it probably won't be too long, It'll probably be around five, six books, but uh it should be interesting. Hmm. Um Alien Eleven. Yeah, Carnage number two. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited for it. Uh we got Sabretooth number three. Knights of X number one. Uh, It's not like Excalibur. It's uh, being uh, like publicized as like, you know, who's going to police the mutants since they're, you know, running their own country now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the X-Men that's in there is uh, Legion. Oh, he's got an interesting art going on in X-Men. So I think we'll come back around to him at some point.
1: Well, he's in that, um, isn't there a show on Hulu called New Mutants?
0: Um, or is there a specific no. one
1: called
0: Legion? There's one called Legion. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, it I'm was three them. seasons, so they're done now. Oh, well, it's still there, though. I mean, you can obviously go and Oh, watch. yeah, you can keep watching. There's yeah. just no new episodes that are going to be made. Mm. There is something um, called New
1: Mutants, though,
0: isn't there? There's a movie called New Mutants. Oh. I thought there and was a show. Um, children. Oh, God. Uh, I know what you're talking about. There's Runaways, too. Um, yeah, Runaways. There's also... I've got at least one of the episodes in my Google TV. Let's see. Shows. If you haven't
1: watched them, definitely go watch them. They're they're good yeah. shows. And Legion is specifically a, an interesting character to get to know.
0: You'll probably have to re-watch it a couple times because it... it Intentionally, fuck with you. He's got he's got, uh, he's got multiple personalities, right? No, his issue is that he is unable to, um, like tell what reality is in that first season. Oh, okay. So they've they've just manipulated him into, you know, being unable to tell what reality is. Oh, I gotcha.
1: Um, but he like. Like he's got different superpowers when he's like it. Changed. He,
0: so yeah, so they um they pen it as like having different superpowers depending on like how he's perceiving reality, but in reality, like his power is that he's powerful enough to change reality.
1: Oh, okay, that's that's cool.
0: Uh, that's so, cool. so the show you're thinking of is called The Gifted. Hmm, I think you're right. That sounds better. I'm also
1: probably thinking of uh, Doom Patrol with Crazy Jane. Yeah, she's got multiple personalities, and whenever she switches personalities, they have different powers. Yes, um, I think one that
0: that one... is DC. No,
1: yeah, that's DC. But I, for those who haven't watched, definitely go pick up Doom Patrol. It is great. The cast is amazing. You've got Alan Tudyk as Mister um, Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, who Brendan plays Brendan Fraser the...
0: is Robot Man.
1: Yep, Brendan Fraser. Always a good time. I love Brendan Fraser. Um, this definitely brought his career to a, a rocketing roller coaster. He's at the top peak right now instead of you know, at he the bottom. Brought like it he, back. Yeah, it's definitely brought him back, and I I love it. Ah, uh, who else is in that one? Who plays the professor?
0: Character. I cannot remember that character's name. I have IMDb up What's his name? now. Team Patrol.
1: He's a well-known
0: British actor, and
1: I can't remember this name for the life of me. But um. You've got Cyborg. You've got the guy who plays Negative Man, who's who's in White Collar, I think, on USA. Can't remember his name, but it's a good it's a good time. And uh, Crazy Jane is probably my my favorite character. She's played by Diane Guerrero. Believe it or not, she was on. Um, she plays the voice of Isabella in Encanto.
0: Ah! Oh. Did you
1: know? You didn't know that. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that. It's
1: because she has a completely different tone of voice when she's playing a Disney character as opposed to playing this nitty gritty um
0: Oh, it's Timothy Dalton. Yes, he Timothy was, Dalton. He was 007 for like a movie. I know.
1: Why can I think of his name? He was in some he's in some great things. He also did um that movie with Simon Pegg. Hot Fuzz. That's the one. Yes, yes. He was yeah. in Hot Fuzz. But yeah. Timothy Dalton well-known British actor, plays a Professor X-style character that I can't for the life of me remember what his name is.
0: Uh, so back to it. Uh, we got Silk, number four. That's another Spider-Man-style character. Um, there's Star Wars Crimson Reign 4. Well, speaking,
1: speaking of Star, uh, Spider-Man, uh, yep. they, Sony just released a, the list of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse type movies that they're going to be doing. Okay. Uh, not necessarily into the Spider Verse, but they've released the list of movies that they're going to do with Spider Man characters, and one of
0: them. But I they heard. are doing a second movie for into the Spider Verse, right? Like a, a sequel.
1: That one's coming out. Yeah, there is also a planned third and fourth in that one. There's also a planned okay. third and fourth, sorry, fourth and fifth for Tom Holland's Spider Man character too. Um, but cool. one that I found real interesting that's going to come out in two two years, I think, at least according to their their schedule now, is Madame okay. Webb.
0: All right. They're going to have
1: a Madam Web, which I loved in the um, 90s. Like a movie
0: or an animated movie? I think it's live action.
1: I'm going to look that up right now, though,
0: while you uh, continue your comic book. Uh, Oh, yeah. Star Wars Crimson Reign number four, Silver Surfer Rebirth number four, Hulk Grand Design Madness, Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit number five, and there's a Marvel preview number eight. Out there for the upcoming books. Uh, There's DC. Nice. So we have Detective Comics number 1059. Action Comics 1052. Justice League 75. Dark Knights of Steel number 6. Robin 13. The Joker 14. Batman Beyond the White Knight number 2. The Swamp Thing 12, Deathstroke Incorporated number eight, Harley Quinn number 14, Teen Titans Academy 14, Rouges number two, Trials of the Amazons number two, Aquaman number three, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target number seven. We also got Image. So we got Saga number 58. Monstrous mm. number thirty-nine, Gunslinger Spawn number seven. Oh yeah, Newburn number six. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm. I'm really excited <laughs> about that one in a second. Rogue Son number three, Step by Bloody Step number three, Bloodstained Teeth number one, The Scumbag number thirteen, Ghost Cage number three, Hell Cop number six, Zombies versus Robots Classic number two. And then from Boom, we got Berserker number 8, Something is Killing the Children 22, Power Rangers Universe number 5, All-New Firefly number 3, and The Killer Affairs of the State number 3. And that's all I typed out.
1: It doesn't specifically mention anything about whether or not it is going to be part of like, like in the style of Into the Spider-Verse, or whether or not it's going to be live action. They haven't mentioned it anywhere. Like all these articles don't say it. So if anybody knows, please let us know because I'd like to know. Because it seems that um, what's her name, Dakota Johnson, is going okay. to be is going to be playing Madame Web.
0: Hmm.
1: Dakota Johnson, obviously from Fifty Shades of Gay. Sorry, did I say that wrong? Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey, she was also in... What was that movie with Chris Hemsworth where they're all at a 1960s hotel on the border of two states? Uh,
0: fart Police. That's not helping.
1: None of, none of that's funny. Don't laugh at that.
0: It's kind of funny. <laughs> a fun.
1: uh, Sydney Sweeney is also supposed to be in it as well. well
0: I uh, don't know who that is.
1: Uh, she was... She's in Euphoria.
0: I haven't uh, watched it.
1: I haven't watched it either, but she's in Euphoria. She was in The White Lotus on HBO. Um, okay. As okay. the daughter who was a super pain in the ass and made her friend feel like shit all the time. You know, that, that woman. Craven the Hunter was also announced as well. That one's coming out next year.
0: Oh, man. You know, I have some rough feelings about these Spider-Man spinoffs. Yeah. Especially after... uh, Morbius. Morbius. (laughs) Let us know, know, Ryan. Let us know. You know, like, I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. That was absolutely, like, the first superhero, like, comic books I read. Like, you know, whenever I was sick, my parents would get me Spider-Man comic books. And, like, I'd hang out, read the comic books, feel better. And, like... I love Spider Man. I love like a lot of Spider Man stories. Yeah. Um. God, I just like. I I really liked the Sam Raimi series. Obviously, number three had its issues, but I really enjoyed them.
1: You know what I didn't realize? Sam Raimi was going to be directing. Uh, the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah. I I really should have known that, but it just never occurred to me to look up the director.
0: I mean, as far as, like, the directing went, I think everything went well. I don't know if he had anything to do with the writing of that, like, story. Because it was absolutely the writing and not the directing that, like, really broke that one down. You have all these really cool, interesting characters. And, like, one bad movie is all it takes to, like, remove that character for, like, decades from being depicted. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just. So what you're saying is
1: what you think is probably going on is that, that they're more, making
0: the movies for sure to keep the licenses. I'm certain that's what. Oh no, doing. yeah,
1: that's what Fox was doing with the Fantastic Four.
0: Let's right. pump, let's exactly. pump out
1: another shitty movie just yeah. so that we can't lose it. To let's
0: make Marvel the, you know, the least effort movie that will make back its money, so we can keep the property.
1: And I'm gonna tell you right now, the second version of the Fantastic Four, the one with the the kids, or what I call kids, because they were much much younger. Right. Not the one with Chris Evans, but the other one.
0: Yeah. The, the was second.
1: better, and in some ways worse, only because right. it felt like the guy who played Reed Richards kind of phoned it in the whole time.
0: Yeah, that was definitely a really bad choice. Yeah, uh, no. for Reed Richards, I think like that character is just like very that his, that actor he's very silly and like he he definitely like has this like you know an, I don't take anything seriously which is not I don't Reed care Richards. for him
1: at all uh, in any movie I've ever seen him in just no, d- d- I, never he's never he I, I guess it just rubs me the wrong way like sometimes he it, just he'll have his moments but I I don't really feel like he's that great. He's very forgettable is is a certain a certainty, if I have to say it. I will. I just did. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like they just sort of pissed away a great chance at Michael Morbius and it probably started with not only the writing but the casting.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it was
1: doomed to fail from the start on that.
0: <laughs> I I think they should just sell their their properties back to the, you know Marvel Disney he's going to give him like, a truckload of money for it anyways. Yeah, but this is... just like, uh, hand it over.
1: Holding on to the Spider-Man properties guarantees that they keep making money on them. Because right. Marvel's going to do everything in their power to make sure that they keep making money. In and, uh, and Spider-Man is a huge, huge...
0: There was a... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, there it's was a huge property, old... but, like, do you think if, they, if the next spinoff completely fucking bombs like Morbius did you think they're going to get any more chances at those side characters? Because I could see, like, the public... Who the hell is going to like, tell them no? <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll <laughs> make them. I'm sure they will make the movie. But I think that, you know, they won't get their money back from the no, public.
1: That's true. There could be a revolt of, of sorts. Yeah. But I, for now, think that they're pretty much going to
0: just keep pumping out. Pumping out crap. Yeah, pumping, pumping out crap. those
1: dumpster babies pumping crap.
0: We'll f- we'll uh, b- find out crap before we get rolling though yeah uh, so Multiverse of Madness coming out soon oh so exciting that's so close I can taste it
1: yeah even though you guys will uh, be listening to this on May the 6th we are recording this just uh, a few days prior to when it will actually come out so we're waiting yeah. but you future uh, listeners are already going to be able to listen to it. <laughs> already going to be watching it.
0: Yeah, I just know that past me wants to be future you as much as you want to be watching Doctor Strange right now, which is what I want to do, but I can't because I have to wait a week. Yeah, but you could watch it right now. Yes, and you should. <laughs> uh, also, did you uh, did you catch up on Moon Knight? Uh, no no I haven't I, I I haven't
1: watched the fifth episode.
0: Oh you silly bitch!
1: I know I, I keep forgetting. it's because I restarted Stargate Atlantis. That's why. Oh I see. Um, I see how it is. I've just finished. Uh, for those who are watching our Stargate Sundays, I I've been rewatching uh, the original Stargate SG One since before we started um, doing the Stargate Sundays, and I just finished the tenth season of it again for like the eighth time uh and i was like oh shit i need more stargate besides what i'm going to be <laughs> rewatching
0: for for the podcast i mean I, besides what you're rewatching and writing so, pages upon pages of notes for so
1: i'm like ah, i gotta get my fix so i decided to put stargate atlantis on and that's what i've been watching during uh, during lunches at work and in my spare time my binging is what i'm doing god i can't hey, wait to start safe. talking about okay. stargate atlantis because that that's just a whole other level of show
0: uh, I mean, we've got quite a ways to go for uh, Stargate Sundays to get there.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: But <laughs>
1: let's get back to to what we were doing here. All
0: right. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So um, so let's talk about the stories we chose. Didn't
1: you have a new
0: Rock and Tone Set the Tone? Oh, I did. Rock I did. Rock and Tone to um, Set the Tone question. Uh, so we have an, a new little thing that we're going to try out. Uh, And we're going to call it uh, Wacky, Waving, Inflatable, Arm, Flailing Truth Man. So, uh, your job is to either tell the audience a fun, wacky fact about yourself or a fun, wacky fact about just something in general. Oh, my God.
1: I'm usually full of facts. What what do you got? I'm going to let you go first while I think about it.
0: Okay. So, uh... I decided I should do the first one about myself. So, uh, fun fact is I have a good percentage of less teeth than the average person. So, as a kid, I had to have uh, four adult teeth removed because uh, they're, they were just going to be too many. My mouth wasn't big enough for the teeth I have because my teeth are big. My God. Um, so, I had those removed. Uh, obviously, my wisdom teeth also were removed um i am currently sans uh front tooth because i had a crown break uh so i'm just waiting on some healing to get done before i can get the implant implanted uh and then i have like five crowns so uh yeah i am I'm, I'm i'm missing a few parts but i'm still here and uh you're here too so if you're also <laughs> missing a couple parts uh, you, you know we love you and uh, take care of your, your mouth rocks, because uh, it, it sucks having to deal with uh, mouth rock problems. Wacky facts about myself. Um, it can be a wacky fact in general, too. It doesn't have to be about you.
1: Well, I mean, I did just mention the fact that I am constantly rewatching Stargate Atlantis. It's my it's my binging pleasure.
0: Well, I mean, a, we, we have a podcast about Stargate, so exactly. I feel like the audience might already know that fact.
1: Yeah, uh, When I, I guess what I would probably say is when I get my mind set on something, usually end up obsessing over it for weeks on end. Uh, I'll give you a small example. Before the pandemic, I had planned an entire two-week trip to go across all of New York State and hit up every single, I guess not every single, but every single important or cool mini-golf course. I had an obsession with it, and uh, I still do. I still would like to do that, but the pandemic sort of got in the way, and here we find ourselves. There were some very, very cool um, mini golf courses in New York State, including in uh, Lake George, uh, the Around the World in 18 holes. I highly recommend going to that because even though it's probably aged a little bit, it's still... (laughs) Pretty damn cool, and it is on the list of top five in the country. Oh, that's Um, nice. Also, there's one in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, that I would very much like to go to. It's called the Crave Club. Um, Pigeon Forge, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yes, Uh, I would very much like to go to that one. It looks awesome. It's two sets of eighteen or nineteen holes, I should say. Two sets of nineteen holes. Uh, One inside, one outside. And honestly, you can go there, grab ice cream or something on the way in, go play your 18 holes, come back for some more ice cream. The place place is just essentially a kid's wet dream. And I honestly, at um, 30 something years old, would love to, would love to do that. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) when I get obsessed with something, I I plan it to the very last detail. And it, uh, that's, that's just me. And okay. I had an obsession with mini golf, and so I've planned it out. And I'm going to do it one of these days, once uh, I feel safe that everything is all settled down, which we're getting there. We're almost there.
0: Almost there. So, yeah.
1: All right. So, let's okay. uh, let's at least introduce our titles of what comics we chose, and then I'll let yeah, you uh, go first in describing yours.
0: Gotcha. So, um, I went with a book from Vault. Uh, cool. the book in question is called Fisher. Fisher, not familiar. Gonna have to explain. Uh, F I S S U R E. Like uh uh so it's a story about a small town.
1: Don't don't type in Fisher um in Google because the first thing that comes up is anal Fisher and the symptoms.
0: Oh god. Even with Safe Search on?
1: Uh I don't have Safe Search on, I don't even know where it is. <laughs>
0: I've never used Safe Search in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. You could type in geological fissure, I guess. That's true. Uh, but anyways, it's about a, a geological fissure in a small town uh, near the border of uh, Mexico and Texas. And, uh, you know, the strange and crazy stuff that happens after it opens.
1: Oh, interesting. I think yeah, I'm looking at uh, it. It says one town, so El Sueño... Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool, it's a cool story. I think it's it was only like five or six books, um, so it's relatively short. I think it's 114 pages, um, and you know, it it tells the story of like uh, this guy, his son, the son's girlfriend, and kind of what happens to the town uh, during these events, and then it kind of foreshadows stuff at the end. Uh, I don't know. If they're writing more stuff, uh, but it doesn't appear that to have any follow-ups at this point. Uh, but it was a pretty nice, like, encapsulated story. Oh. If I go into it further, I'll spoil stuff. Oh well, I thought
1: I thought you were going to d- describe it out well, anyway. Oh,
0: am I going to do the whole thing now? I can do the whole thing now. I mean, no, yeah.
1: Sorry, I forgot we were doing that. Never mind. So what I chose, I chose something from Image because I'm a huge fan of. Image and, and Dark Horse Comics. Uh, mostly because of their less than family-friendly nature. Uh, I would say they're darker than than Marvel or DC even though Marvel and DC can get pretty dark sometimes. Um the specifically yeah, they're
0: more consistently dark.
1: Yeah, the specific specifically I specifically. chose uh, Gunslinger Spawn for those mm-hmm. who are familiar with Spawn. Spawn is obviously the Hellspawn of um, the demon Malbolgia, who was forced to come back and rule. Not rule, but uh, he was forced to become the general of the underworld armies that would be led during the apocalypse on Earth. But anyway, so this is a different Hellspawn. This is a Hellspawn from the year 1881. Ooh. I believe is where he takes t- starts off. But yeah, this is an interesting comic, and and I, I'm not going to be going over the guns gunslinger Spawn comics themselves. I'm going to do his origin stories, uh, which take place in Spawn number one seventy four and Spawn number one seventy
0: five. okay, okay. So, okay. Go for it, buddy. Okay, so let me pull that up. <clears throat> All right, so Fisher from Vault. And it's written by Tim Daniel. Art and color by Patricio Del Pesce. Uh, lettering by Deron Bennett. Uh, so the story centers on a small town just inside the border from Mexico in Texas. One day, a large fissure opens in the middle of Main Street El Sueno. What happens next will be unbelievable, yet true and terrifying. And obviously, it's not true. It's a it's a comic book. So so let's let's talk about the characters and who I would cast to be. These characters. So there's only a small cast of a couple of people. So we got. I only uh, went
1: with like important characters, like. One, yeah, yeah, the one very important ones obviously aren't going to be cast with major players. They're going to be extras in the background.
0: I mean, so. there's one or two like characters that have a line or two that I, I gave like a <laughs> casting to like a major actor just because I, I thought it <laughs> interesting. Um, I did but, not do uh, that, but let's go for it. <laughs>
1: uh, so the
0: one of the main characters is. Uh, uh Hank Wright. He is the father of the uh protagonist, uh Hark Wright. Uh so uh Hank, uh, I would like to see played by Stacy Keach, uh, who you might know as the dad from Titus. Or uh he's also in Blue Bloods. Uh he you know he's he's very ordinary. He's really good know exactly at playing. exactly who you're
1: talking about.
0: Yep, a character that's just like kind of a bastard, you know, kind of rude, kind of crude, uh, but, you know, ultimately still, like, loves his family. Yeah. Uh, Then uh, for his son, Harkwright, I thought, you know, uh, I could go with somebody who's, like, younger, but the character in the book isn't actually that young, uh, so uh, I went with uh, Chris Hemsworth, because, you know, gotta gotta have a, a dude that can grow a good beard.
1: Oh, yeah, that man's good at it.
0: Yeah, that's he's he's got a solid beard. I gotta I'm say quite
1: disappointed that he is so good at it.
0: I know it. It really like brings out that inferiority complex. It really gets into your uh, back of your head.
1: I know it. It's probably what causes my beard not to grow the right way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your hair just knows it can't get there. No, and it's like oh God, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Avery Lee almost. Um, H- Wright's girlfriend. Um, I we were talking about her the other day. Uh, Stephanie Beatriz. Oh I thought yeah. Would be a good uh, player. Uh, you know, I think she definitely deserves to be in more stuff. So. Uh, oh yeah, she's gonna know. explode. I'm pretty sure
1: in terms of uh, her viability. Well, especially
0: yeah, publicity, and not like actually explode. That's no, no,
1: I'm talking like um because she's she did Encanto with Disney. I mean, she's on the list of trusted actors and actresses, which is yeah. huge for Disney, which means that there is a strong possibility in the near future she will join a Marvel project.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm very excited for that. I
1: would be extraordinarily uh, happy if she were to join the Marvel
0: Cinematic Universe in any role. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, Stephanie Beatriz for Avery Lee almost, And then uh, her abuela, who is... Uh really only referred to as a Blayla for most of the book um as Belita Moreno. Um she's the mother from George Lopez.
1: Oh yes, I think I know
0: who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes. Uh and then uh I did cast the Parasite, uh, even though it's, you know, mostly a, a shapeless, formless thing, um, as William Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, feel like I feel like a
1: reaction to that oh, i'm sorry willem
0: defoe oh gosh oh yeah i mean willem defoe scott you know he's something of a parasite himself oh shit <laughs> oh shit he got it uh he did it and then uh the pharmacist as uh oh god am i gonna forget his name now oh no yeah you forgot his name i did forget his name i blame kevin that's rude uh it, yeah. It, it is rude. It's rude that you made me forget his name. Uh uh John Lithgow. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. How could you forget John Lithgow? It suddenly left my brain like uh you know, uh birds fleeing a storm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. So, uh let's get into like the the grittiness, the like actual like what we want to see in the movie so i wanted to open on uh, a dusty wilderness where you hear short sharp breaths as a group of migrants hurry along the desert towards a border wall Mm -hmm. in the distance you hear a loud truck start to approach as it gets closer you see uh people hanging out of it hooting and hollering the camera alternates between the migrants in their hiding place and the truck driving around looking for them One of the children with the group trips and falls into the headlight light as the men in the truck approach. The child, a loud crack fills the air and we see the spot where the migrants were hiding in tracks that lead into a softly glowing green trench. Uh, The camera pivots and follows a thin crack glowing green until it reaches the border wall. And as the camera rises above the wall, it transitions to day and flies over to the main street, El Sueno, in front of Hawkins Barbecue. A nice, like, you know, pre-establishing shot that gives you kind of a taste of, like, the supernatural event that's going to happen later in the, the movie. Uh, Harkwright pulls up in his 90s pickup truck, clearly in bad repair, rambles to a stop just in front of Hawkins Barbecue. As Hark steps out, he runs into Avery Lee, a clearly Prager Nana Nant woman, uh, walking towards the town pharmacy with her abuela. Just as they are about to start talking, Hank bursts out of the bar and shouts at her, Get away from my boy. Nobody wants your kind here. Uh, Avery just states they're on their way to the pharmacy and they leave. Inside the bar, Hark asks his father what's, what it was like. When he was waiting on him to be born, Hank brushes off the question, is this about that girl? You know that kid ain't yours. She's just after some quick cash. Hark looks out the window with a worried expression. And now inside the pharmacy, Avery Lee is telling her abuela that Hark isn't so bad and that he isn't controlled by his father. Abuela says Hark is a whipped dog. While getting Abuela's medicine, Avery Lee says the only reason they can afford Her medication is Hark's support. Pharmacist is handing over what they bought. A mighty earthquake happens, and an earth-shattering crack can be heard for miles. Now, this is where we get into, like, you know, the main event. The the instigating issue, as it were.
1: (laughs) All right. Continue.
0: Uh, Cut to a flying shot as everyone rushes out into the street to see what happened. Hark and Avery see each other from opposite sides of the fissure and call out to each other, but Hank interjects and says, Hark, don't have no responsibility for you or that kid. Go take care of your own, causing Hark to grab his father by the collar and say, you don't talk to her like that. Just then another crack happens and a nearby street light falls, almost crushing Hank. Just like that, Hark changes to deep concern for his father, only to be brushed off. Avery calls out that she's taking Abuela home just as a gas station down the road bursts into flames. The sheriff, seeing the panic about to unfold, sends everyone home to look after their properties and to alert emergency services to structural damage. This is where we cut into uh, like a sterile office is clearly after the events of what's going to happen uh, where an agent of some sort Begins asking if she can record the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hark responds uh, with "Sure, but even if you do, no one will be will believe a word of it." And I did forget to write down who I cast for that, but uh, it would have to be, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. Of course, of course, <laughs> of, course of course. I don't know why it's of course, but sure. <laughs> I I mean, watch watch True Lies, and you know, you'll get it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, back to El Sueno at night. Uh, strong, sickly, pulsing green light comes from the fissure. In the background, uh, a very quiet heartbeat is playing. You will see the dreamers will never be seen again. The fissure swallowed up El Sueno whole. Green, smoky tendrils rise out of the fissure and wind towards open windows. So now we see cuts between many different people seeing visions of loved ones and those visions leading people uh, towards the fissure. The citizens literally walk off the edge of the fissure falling headlong into it, except for a small child who's grabbed by his pregnant mother at the last moment. So we cut back to daytime. Uh, to Hank working on an old generator. Hank turns his head and spits out, I told you I didn't, and then smack as Hart punches him in the mouth. I told you to never talk that way to Avery again. Now she comes all this way. She has something important to say. Abuela is gone. No, that's wrong. Do you know me, Kevin? Ooh! That's better. On their way into town, Hank goes on about heart canvassing as they search, only to be shown that the fissure has grown much wider. Avery tells them what she saw last night. Avery wakes up as she hears a door slam. As she investigates, she sees Abuela walking towards the fissure. Just as Avery gets out of the apartment doors, Abuela is at the lip of the fissure. Avery calls out uh, Abuela's name Alma Rose as she steps into and disappears into the darkness beneath. Uh, Back to the town, people are arguing what to do. And while they're arguing, Hank pulls up with a small crane with an elevator attached to the winch. Hank tells Hark to operate the crane as he and two others climb into the elevator. One of the other men sets up a helmet camera as they begin to descend. As they go deeper, the two townsmen get jumpier, and Hank tells them off, telling them to keep their eyes on the area around them. But as he does, one of the men shouts, and their radios go silent. Oh, shit. Cool, cool, it's cool, It's going to cool. be dark. It's going to be scary. It's going to be so spoopy, skewy. <laughs> uh, Hark in a panic pulls up the elevator. When it arrives, it has moderate surface damage and only one of the helmets in the cab, but no, no people. There's no people there. No. There's the helmet. No
1: people. Okay.
0: No people. Uh, thankfully, it's the one with the camera. Hark, Avery, and some townsfolk crowd around to watch the footage. Just as Hank is telling off one of the men on the elevator, a green glowing tendril lashes out and pulls one of the men into the dark. The other turns to see a wall of growing green masses of tendrils with a central circular fanged mouth. As he is grabbed and the helmet falls and stops on an angle looking at Hank's boots as he shouts for Hark to pull him up. Okay. Something Something smacks into Hank, and he stumbles back and falls out of the elevator. After witnessing Hank's apparent death, Hark remembers a moment wherein his father came home drunk to find him talking about skipping town with Avery. After a blowout, Hark puts his father to bed, where Hank melts down about his mother leaving them, and and now how his son wants to leave too. Hark tells his father to stop pushing people away, but he is already asleep. In a drunken stupor. All right, so we've got like some tension building. We've got like people missing. We've got people who went to rescue missing. Mm-hmm. We've got some family drama. This seems like one of those. So
1: I assume this is like a very rural town of sorts. It's and... one
0: of those towns that like is basically a main street and not much else.
1: Ah, okay. So like um, Radiator Springs.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. For sure. Gotcha. That's uh so it's a small probably mining town that dried up and everyone is sort of still left over is there because they can't go
0: anywhere. Yeah, there's, you know, a lot of tension between the born and grown Texans versus the migrants who moved there from Mexico. So lots of interpersonal drama and like Basically, not much else, because it's a small town. There's not much else to do.
1: There's not much else to do but bitch at each other. Sounds about right.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, sitting in the cab of the crane, Hark and Avery are arguing about going down into the fissure after Hank and the men. Uh, Just as Hark decides it's better not to go, the ground under the crane gives out, letting it plunge into the darkness below. Very hot. Very hot. Uh, <laughs> Crash as the crane gets wedged between the walls of the fissure. Avery and Hank, uh, not Hank. I, I this is one thing that I thought about changing the name of the character. And I, maybe I would still mm-hmm. because like Hark and Hank. Like, eh, eh, it's like reading it. It's not bad, but like I think once you get into like hearing it, talking about it, it it's a little difficult. But, anyways, uh, Avery and Hark try to open the doors, but both are wedged closed. Inside the cab, they find a set of tools, and Hark is able to smash open one of the windows. Now, as they climb down, they begin to see what's been happening down there. They see kind of the remnants of uh, the Like green creatures that they saw glimpses of in the camera. They see, like, some green slimes and, like, broken rocks and, you know, like hats and stuff, trinkets of people that have been uh, called down into the fissure. Uh, And as they continue forward, they find some of the tools that the men were bringing down with them into the fisher when they were lowering the crane down i decided to grab them and bring them with them thankfully they did because they as they explored they are confronted by townsfolk that have been changed changed now, how ooh, in a ruddy mysterious way they've been <laughs> changed uh, upon each of their backs rides a mass of green bubbling flesh with uh, massive tendrils that wrap around the townsfolk's limbs Brain cells. And, and in fact there are tendrils that reach up into uh, their noses and ears and there's for sure <laughs> and they've got tendrils leading into their mouth And, you know, God knows where else.
1: Everywhere else. Everywhere else. All the nooks and crannies.
0: Backed into a corner, uh, Hark and Avery decide the only way out is to use the uh, propane flamethrower thing torch doohickey they've got uh, from the men that were riding down the elevator and ignite the creatures uh writing the other townsfolk uh it, presumably killing them is what it looked like to me yeah I, I mean that also includes hank good old hank good old hank good old hank ignite the fellow townsfolk to keep the the green parasites back they flee back into a a small section of the tunnel a place that seems like it's getting smaller and smaller and as they retreat further they find that uh, they can see a little bit of daylight there's some daylight streaming into this small hole Okay, but what does it mean but what (laughs) does it mean so as it turns out they didn't get all of the townsfolk there are several still following them chasing them towards the small hole And as they climb out of it, uh, the remnants of the townsfolk, uh, wrapped up by the parasites, reach the edge of the hole, but fling themselves backwards from it once they touch the daylight. So they seem
1: only like the night, I assume? Yes. It
0: appears that way, at least. Okay. Uh, They find out they are on the other side of the border wall. So there's only one way through. They find a, you know what, you know those dump trucks, the the really, really big dump trucks. Like, they're really, 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 really big. Like, they're really, really big ones.
1: Oh, um, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think so. Okay.
0: So they find one of those. Like a commercial one that
1: goes to, like, a, a large commercial or enterprise building.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not the yeah, ones like, that you um, see every
1: day that oh, right. your garbage gets picked up. Yeah. Like
0: like the ones that they use at quarries. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, like, fucking massive.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. kind of dump truck. I got you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so uh, they find one of those, and uh, Hark being a, a mechanical type of dude, hotwires it, and uh, instead of driving down to try and get to, like, an opening... Uh, They figure they don't have enough time to. They got to get back to the town as soon as possible. They ram the shit out of that wall where the crack is. You you can actually literally see, like, green smoke coming up from uh, this crack, and it's they smash the uh, truck through it. (laughs) Okay, Uh, destroying the truck but getting through the wall. And uh, that's where we cut back into the uh, room with Sigourney Weaver. I'm just kidding. Jamie Lee Curtis. What? Sigourney yeah.
1: Weaver, like in the, uh, in the robot armor, ready to fight we- off against the aliens.
0: Right. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, the year 3000. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, Jamie Lee Curtis, in her, in her best FBI alphabet agency type, you know, suit, they will believe. And you know why they believe? Because they must. And she shows them uh, pictures of several other cities where uh, things have opened up in the ground and places where there's fissures and tendrils coming out of said fissures. And that's when we fade to black. And that, that's the end of the story. That, oh, that's all they wrote.
1: It um, could have been like The End or film noir style.
0: <laughs> and end
1: card. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Is there's
0: Is there only the one issue? Um, it was several issues, but it's it's one like graphic novel that they put oh, okay. together. Okay. You so can it's... actually go right to the Vault website and buy it. Uh, you can buy a PDF. Like buy the, um, buy buy the whole uh, volume. Yeah, the whole volume. Um, you can buy it as a PDF. Um, for only like ten bucks.
1: Nice. That's not bad. Yeah not bad.
0: And it's it's a nice like short encapsulated story and you know it left it open for like future stuff. I don't know if there's any plans for them to actually write more, but I would I would definitely read it. It sounds cool. I would definitely uh like watch a show based on it too. It sounds pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's got that classic um that classic brain takeover kind of alien thing. Yeah. Going on for it in a nice rural town cuz that's of course where you would start. You know what? You know what's a really good movie that's like that? I think it's called The Faculty.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I el- remember that one with
1: Elijah Wood. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. fantastic. That's, that's a that is a classic movie.
1: That's a very good. Um, that's
0: like prime. I think it was in the two thousands. That was
1: very early two thousands, I believe. Yeah,
0: yes. prime prime two thousands, like sci fi horror. I want to say it was shortly before he. He
1: did Lord of the Rings, so it was probably late, yeah. It was definitely before, yeah, Lord of the Rings, yeah. So it was probably late 90s as opposed to to early 2000s because the early 2000s is when Lord of the Rings came out, okay, which is the whole thing all all into itself. But uh, yeah, let's get into what uh, what I did, yeah, yeah. Let's
0: hear all about uh, Gunslinger Spawn for those who don't know what
1: Spawn is, um. I would highly recommend watching the movie uh, that they already have for it. It came out in the late 90s. It was very good. Uh, That's
0: a solid movie.
1: It's a very solid movie, and it gives you a very good understanding of the lore behind Spawn. Now, this particular Spawn is somebody completely different. He's called the Gunslinger Spawn. There is currently a new issue or a new uh, series of issues that's coming out this summer. Just released
0: number seven this week.
1: Yeah, they just released number seven, like we said at the beginning. Uh, it's real easy to get into, and this dude has some of the best costumes I've ever seen. If you want to cosplay as something, I highly recommend doing the the gunslinger spawn because it's like you, you get to wear the same stuff that Spawn does. So you've got the glowing green eyes, but you also have
0: a badass hat.
1: It would be yeah, it'd be a really easy cosplay to do. You just get a black morph suit. Uh, you take some chains, get a skull belt uh, buckle, some fake guns. You put that on as like a gunslinger would in the old west. You get a red leather duster with some really high uh, a high collar, and then you get a sweet Abraham Lincoln <laughs> hat, and you're good to go. That's pretty much all you need to be. To be the gunslinger spawn, yeah, man, it is very cool. I'll po- post some pictures on our Facebook and our and our Twitter so that everybody can see. Um, but I'm gonna do. I want to do the origin story because who doesn't like a good origin story? For uh, this is don't tell me
0: that his parents are gonna die in a dark alley. No,
1: this has nothing to do with his parents.
0: Okay, well, good.
1: I mean, good. people do die, and that's sort of what let me get into it god damn it
0: okay all right fine so
1: uh gunslinger spawn his actual original uh first issue where he showed up was in 2002 in spawn number 119 it was just a cameo there was no dialogue no nothing he just sort of showed up for a few frames and then disappeared Spawn number 174 and number 175, uh, 2008. They're available on... I like to get my comics on Google Play Books number one because I can use Google Play credit and I can get Google Play credit by answering survey questions on uh, Google Rewards. It's a real easy way to, to get some extra bucks and comic books are like $3, bo- $3 a piece. So just <laughs> just get $3 worth of survey questions and boom, you've got a brand new comic. And it works for me because I've bought a lot of comics that way. Um, but Spawn number one seventy four and one seventy five are his origin story. Uh, I'm gonna go over those, and then obviously there was a um, Spawn number three hundred four, I think, where he ended up being transported to the twenty first century. But I'm not gonna do that story. I'm just gonna do his origin. It's a uh, it's a pretty good one. And then obviously, well, if well, I were well, to continue, well. if I were to continue it as a franchise, I would. I would move into his 21st century storyline, for sure. So, let's get to it. Let me bring up my notes here. Some, let's go over the, the cast here. Yeah, so, let's uh, so, the gunslinger spawned, his real name is Jeremy Winston. Uh, he's a former preacher in the Old West. I'll get into his backstory in a second, but it, he's, he's a little older. He's got grayish um, black hair. Uh, In the comic, he really has sort of whiter hair, but I would play him a little younger, only because the body on him in the comic book is ripped, and this dude looks like he's (laughs) 60. (laughs) So I'm going to go with a little younger actor, probably mid-40s, somewhere in there. I'm going to go with Bradley Cooper, because I think Bradley Cooper could pull off the long hair with the weird, with the the mustache and the sort of old west look, personally, I think he
0: could now, do it. Now that would be kind of a different role for uh, for good old Brad. I know he
1: can play dram- dramatic roles, action roles, all that jazz. So I, I think he's a pretty versatile actor. So I totally went with him. Plus, I think he's pretty awesome. So all right. Um, another big character in this story is Henry Simmons. Now you may recognize the last name if you're a Spawn fan. Henry Simmons S- Henry Simmons is the great grandfather of Al Simmons the current Hellspawn which plays a bit of a role in the story itself so we'll get into that too but I think Henry Simmons I'd like to see played by Donald Glover okay from community because it seems like he's supposed to be a so so Henry Simmons is a, a former Buffalo soldier for those who don't know what a Buffalo soldier is, it's a, um, a group of black soldiers back in the 18... Uh, during the Civil War who fought in their own regiment and then were were basically brought in, freed, obviously, and they got pieces of land and, and money in their pocket after the war was over, just like everybody else pretty much. But uh, they fought specifically for the Union. So Henry Simmons is a former Buffalo soldier who... Uh, deserted because of some bad stuff that just, ha- just seemed to happen. So, anyway, we'll get into his story too. Um, there's also the marshal uh, of the small town that we're going to be going over, which is uh, Bane Spring or Bane, Colorado, which is where this uh, story takes place. Now, the marshal, I want um, you probably know him if you if you watch a lot of sci-fi. Ben Browder.
0: Oh, that name sounds so familiar. Farscape. Oh, oh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Farscape. Yeah, Farscape. He
1: he also played, uh, believe it or not, a marshal in Doctor Who. He was in an episode of Doctor Who. Uh, It's called Mercy, I believe. Um, He was really good in that, so I really think he would do a a better job if he were to play a marshal character as well in this story. In the typecasting, I get it. I
0: Ben Browder. Ben Browder
1: can play anybody, first of all. I just think that he does such a good job. I'd like to see him in more westerns, and and this is a perfect opportunity for a sci-fi fantasy kind of western, which is what he played in the last time. (laughs) So, anyway, um, next one, uh, uh, Ed Kemper.
0: He's the antagonist of the story. Um, did, did they name uh, the antagonist after the the co-ed killer i don't know maybe that's a real serial killer oh yeah no i remember from uh mindhunters
1: i remember uh, yeah that i don't know maybe it's possible the series came out in 2008 so it's it's 100 possible
0: all right okay yeah
1: <laughs> but i would go with uh daniel day lewis in this case because that dude plays oh. a plays yeah. a mean badass from the from the uh, early Western slash turn of the century kind of guy, um, he was in gangs in New York. He was great as uh, the butcher in that.
0: He's a great like um, method a, actor. He's a great actor, and he right. would do. So a he thin- does, um, fantastic
1: antagonist, in my opinion. He does those
0: kind of roles where he like will deep dive into the character and will like be that character for like a chunk of time. Yeah, but he won't be until, a douche like, done about with it. The movie. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's not a douche not, about
1: Not it. like Jared Leto, who's a total douche about it, and apparently <laughs> yeah. was the worst person to work with when he was the Joker in the Suicide Squad. Apparently he took a well, dump... Well, he
0: was also the worst Joker, so...
1: Well, yeah. He took a dump in a box or something and left it in Will Smith's trailer or some shit. Wow. Like, what is that? The Joker wouldn't do that. That's stupid.
0: No, exactly. That's stupid. The Joker like, wouldn't the Joker is is
1: the Joker is... Is crazy, but he's also a genius, and he's not a moron, and does stupid shit like that. God, that's why he just he didn't get the Joker, and he never should have been chosen, and never got a second chance to be the Joker, too.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, Sorry, we're attracted yeah, my... by how terrible Jared Leto is. Let's let's. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> we're just attracted by how shitty he is. Yes.
1: <laughs> but Daniel Day Lewis is Ed Kemper, he is the uh, antagonist of this piece. He's a, he's like a. I don't even know what you call them. They, he's a landowner. He comes in, he's buying up all the land in the area uh, because they found silver, silver mines. And he basically okay. just wants to take advantage of it. So he's coming in, sell, buying all the land from everybody, and he's doing it by less than ethical means. Anyway. Uh, then there's Mamon. For those who are familiar with the Spawn series, Mamon is the... I guess you could call him the herald of Malbolgia. Malbolgia being think,
0: um, Mammon is normally like considered the son of Satan, which would be like what you're talking about. Sorry, I interrupted. He he, you.
1: May, he may be, but in this case, he's 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 the I would say the herald of Malbolgia. He basically makes the deals for Malbolgia, where Malbolgia is the one who actually gives the uh, the hell spawns their powers. Okay. Uh, Eventually, I think he actually does take over for Malbolgia. And then in some weird way, Mamond gets defeated and then Malbolgia takes on the role again. But I'm not here to discuss that at all. (laughs) So (laughs)
0: uh,
1: so, uh, you need a smooth talker. You need someone who's got wit, charm, and who looks good. I I may have a man crush on this particular character or actor. Um, Leo DiCaprio.
0: Ooh, I would go as as my mom wouldn't.
1: it's a pretty good choice in my opinion, because uh honestly he's he's, he's probably one of the best actors of our generation
0: he, He's a great actor. He did almost have to fuck a bear.
1: He got molested by a bear to win an Oscar. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. um, and then there there are some other characters in there that I didn't really think were necessary to mention. They have some lines, but they're not the main characters of this story. So there's not a whole lot. But there is the character of Al Simmons. So this particular story starts off with Al finding a, a book, or sorry, a journal from his great-grandfather that's been passed down. And he's reading it to learn about this story. And so you've got Al Simmons in this. I would just bring back Michael J. White.
0: Personally? Yeah, and why not? Like I mean, yeah, that would that fantastic.
1: would be that would be a, a rare twist of a fortune, um, in this case because it would look he would he would do a great job. We already know he did a great job as Spawn, and uh, this would just be awesome. Although it'd be a little weird to have Donald Glover playing his great grandfather. But
0: I mean, you know, it's 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 just as weird as like you know the stuff that happened in like Back to the Future. God damn!
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. The Story of the Gunslinger Spawn. Let's hear it. Let's hear about the guns. So, uh, February 1881, Al uh, Al Simmons has found a uh, a journal from his great-grandfather, and he's reading it, and it starts off with him um, in the hills uh, west of Colorado Springs. He's uh, journeying through the blizzard, making his way, feeling a little bit um, drowsy and, and Listening as his life sort of flashes before his eyes, he goes back to a time when he was a buffalo soldier. In this case, based out of uh, Fort Concho in Texas, and then he makes he makes his way uh, into town. This was before he was a buffalo soldier. Cut this whole thing.
0: Okay. Cut. cut. Cut it.
1: He was a member of the 10th Cavalry based in Fort Concho, Texas. Sorry, my notes are a little weird. He was reacting to the murder of a fellow soldier by a civilian in the nearby town of San Angelo. So, um, in the aftermath of that, the 10th Cavalry make their way into San Angelo, and they try to figure out who was the one that shot uh, their fellow soldier. Obviously, this was another Negro who was uh, shot down by some white jack jack wagon just for the sake of shooting him because there was really no reason to shoot him. So they walk into the saloon. Uh, His commander starts talking and says, we want everyone to respect us. We want people to just be peaceable like we are peaceable. If there's a guilty party in here, we would like him to face justice for shooting a soldier of uh, the U.S. Army. And the guy who obviously shot the soldier uh, takes out his pistol and says, I'll oblige. Uh, Henry Simmons ends up being the one who shoots him uh, right in the head. Uh, okay. So this transpired a few years back. He manages to escape deserts because the whole bloodbath of, of of killing goes on. And so he sort of has made his way away. Uh, now he lives as a former Buffalo soldier on his way in the wilderness with um, his wife, Alma, whom I didn't really cast because she's not depicted at all in the comics at all so we're not gonna
0: okay okay i think that's fair
1: so he's in the blizzard he's sort of walking he's and then he gets sort of so all of his attention gets brought back because he sees a distant figure um dressed all in white on a horse as black as death but even at the distance that he was away from him he could see uh his see and feel both of his eyes on him so He's like, that guy doesn't look like he's got a coat on, so I'm going to follow him because he can't be that far away from home and I'm freezing. So he follows him, ends up coming upon a cabin uh, in the woods with uh, what looks like a fire going on. He well, walks.
0: That sounds very sketchy. It's, it's very sketchy.
1: First of all, I don't know about you, but in 1881, if you were a, a, a black person, probably not a good idea just to waltz into someone's cabin. It's not a good idea to do it anytime because honestly, if you're in Texas, you're probably going to get shot, no matter what color you are, if you walk into somebody's house. But especially back in the 1880s, you are probably going to get shot. Yeah. So he walks up to the cabin, and... Um, if
0: it's middle of nowhere, they can just, like...
1: Yeah, they're just going to... Dump you sli- in a ravine or whatever. It's like, no one's going to notice you, you're gone, and um, you're probably never going to be seen or heard from again. He walks up to the cabin, he opens the door because it's slightly ajar, and then he sees blood everywhere, windows are kicked in, Uh, there's a woman on the ground dead along with a few children who also are dead. Just as he's examining them, he is then um, surprised as a posse has come, and I believe the posse includes...
0: Well, that's inconvenient.
1: Yeah, so the posse's got uh, a few... A few different people. I believe the marshal's there. Um, They end up saying, sorry, we're going to have to take you into custody because we obviously don't know who you is. All that jazz. Is
0: you is or is you ain't one of my constituents.
1: So so then they take him um, back to town, Bain, Colorado. They arrive in town. uh, They speak with the marshal. Sorry, Ed Kemper was the one with his posse who brought him in. So they bring him in. Um, they put him in the same jail cell as a man named Jeremy Winston, as I referred to earlier. Jeremy Winston is there talking, screaming at the marshal, saying, "Uh, I didn't do this. I didn't murder my family. So you get to the point where you think that obviously Jeremy Winston has been framed. And you'd be right. (laughs) So uh, Jeremy Winston's sitting there screaming in uh, the jail cell. Well, um, Henry Simmons is is also there. He says some pretty choice words. Um, for instance, he says, "I'll rip the lips off your lying mouth, you son of a syphilitic whore." Nice. That's some pretty good writing right there. Well, that is creative. <laughs> that is very creative. Nobody comes up with stuff like that. So the marshal says, says he's got. Somebody did. The marshal says he's got to go. <laughs> I've got to go pick up the bodies so that they can be properly buried. And he says, you better treat them with respect, Marshal, or, or I'll swing for you. And he says, I'll give them the due respect. So the Marshal seems like a decent guy. Okay. Well, um. So they're sitting there, and then Jeremy Winston's um, nickname is Old Job. It's kind of weird. Old
0: Job. Old
1: Job. He's a former preacher. Um. He decided to leave the priesthood obviously and, and have a family and, and go from there henry and um, jeremy get into a conversation talking about his wife and all of them asking what happened uh he describes that ed camper decided he wanted to come out to this land try and buy it and because they refused he tried to intimidate his wife while he wasn't there and his wife is a native american so she obviously didn't take kindly to someone stealing land or trying to steal land or intimidate her into to stealing land. So right, right, right. She fought back with a shotgun and obviously they ended up killing her and the kids. So this is Ed Kemper and his wow. posse end up killing uh, his kids and then framing him for it. And because he owns most of the land, he's basically got most of the say.
0: What an asshole. Yeah,
1: he's a huge douche canoe. So that's that's where they're at. While all this is going on, uh, all of a sudden, a man dressed in all white shows up in front of the jail cell. And says, uh, gentlemen, what would you do to leave this place? What would you give? And um, Jeremy obviously asks, what price are you asking? And he says, the only thing either of you has left to barter, your soul. So obviously, from, this from, character is uh... is maman, and he is making a deal in the name of the demon Melbolgia, saying, "I want both. I want your souls in order to to give you what you want." And so, listen,
0: listen just give me your souls, and I'll give you what you want.
1: Yeah. So don't maman's sitting there smooth talking him, and Jeremy's like, "Fuck yeah, whatever it takes. Give me. I'll give you everything you want. Take my soul. I need." Whatever you can give me, because I just want you to open the door so I can go kill Ed Kemper, essentially. And so my mom then turns over to Henry Simmons and says, um, what about you? And Henry's like, no, my, my wife would spit in my face <laughs> if I gave my if for a man who gives up his soul <laughs> just to be free. And it's like, oh, OK, that's crazy. So my mom is sitting there <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I got to make sure that I'm making the right choice. And I think both of you are about to be hanged. so I'm gonna let you decide when uh, death is knocking on your front door. I'll turn to you just before the hangin and then if you still want it, I'll let you free. And then I'll give and then I'll give you the power to, to take vengeance and things like that. So so they, they come in, the posse in this case, uh, comes in and they're like,'re we're gonna we're gonna hang you without the marshal. And then, obviously, they bring him out, they decide to hang him, but instead of using long ropes, which would, uh, they'd fall far and then their necks would snap, they Mm -hmm. go with short ropes so that they can choke to death slowly. Not cool. pretty fucked up. Uh, So, while this is going on, obviously, the uh, Maman is, uh, what do you call it? He's in the crowd, he's looking at both of them. Jeremy Winston says, I'll take your offer, demon. Screams it at the top of his lungs everyone is like, who the hell are you talking to? (laughs) And uh, obviously Henry is still not taking the deal and just before he is about to be hanged, he says Alma. Um, So what ends up happening is they drop the floor out from under them. Maman manages to get someone to accidentally shoot the rope of Henry Simmons to save his life and Jeremy Winston ends up dying. Turn of events, Uh, right? Okay, It's like, wasn't uh, Jeremy the one who was supposed to? And so henry simmons says what the hell you my life was spared i thought he was the one who chose to to be whatever you were gonna make him and so he passes out he wakes up with the doctor he gets he starts getting better i guess but um then it cuts to the last panel of this particular um comic where Jeremy Winston arises, and then this green-yellow glow comes from inside of him, out of every orifice of his face, and he transforms into the Hellspawn. Okay. Um,
0: so it's it's like what happens in uh, the Spawn movie, where Elsinore's you know basically dies, and then is reborn.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Maman um, shows up and asks him, "How does he feel?" Brought you some clothes and some weapons. Here you go. Gives him a couple of six shooters. Gives him the nice red leather duster and the hat. And uh he basically he's like, Go go ahead and kill uh kill everybody. And that's basically what he's gonna do. So okay. cut to All the right. next cut to the next issue, number one hundred seventy five. All of that shit has happened. Jeremy Winston is still alive. Uh or sorry, sort of alive. He's undead, I guess, is what you would call him. Okay. Um, so cut back to the saloon. The man who was in charge of the execution is about to get his rocks off from a nice little uh, little lady.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <Okay>. So his <laughs> f- yeah his first his first thing is he's still wearing the mask from his from the execution, and he says to the lady, uh, "Hey, have you ever had a hangman in your bed?" Which is obviously great pickup talk. For anyone. Yeah. She, she screams, uh, ladies
0: out there, please uh, tell us on Twitter what you thought of that pickup line. Yeah.
1: Ever had a hangman in your bed? And she screams at the top of her lungs, no. And the guy goes, oh, I think I've impressed her. And um, behind him is the gunslinger saying, I'm sorry, I'll take credit for that. And then he obviously kills that guy. And then cut, yeah. cut down or fade back to the saloon downstairs, they hear the gunshot and they're like, ah, that stupid son of a bitch shooting off his cannons. What a dumbass. Somebody go up there and tell him to stop being stupid. And then uh, the mask that he was wearing has been thrown down onto the poker table and everybody looks up and sees the gunslinger, just green eyes, all of his good stuff and the dude who was the executioner has half his face missing and he's being hanged at the top of the stairs. It is a very graphic picture but it is... Classic spawn, it's very good. To Cherry Winston is like, oh, now you all get to die, and he, everyone tries shooting at him. He obviously has the hell spawn armor on, so he can't be killed. Boom, 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 shoot, 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 kills everybody in the saloon essentially. One of the one of the pictures is actually pretty graphic. It, it it's a the, the bartender takes a shotgun, shoots him in the chest, and so he's got this gigantic cartoonish hole, full of green slime, in the middle of him. No, I, I love okay. that. I love that. He obviously doesn't die, shoots the bartender, shoots the rest of everybody, or big shoot him up. Uh, come back to Henry Simmons. He's still with the doctor. Uh, they hear all the gunfire going on at the saloon. The doctor thinks it's normal, but uh, then they see all of the crazy shit going on with uh, the green flame and yellow flame. Okay. And so from the green and yellow flame in the saloon, a guy walks out with half of his face melting off, and he's just sort of walking like an undead zombie towards them and just falls over. Obviously, because that he honestly should have been dead before he started walking, but whatever. Yeah. He tells him to give him a gun because he's pretty good with one so that he can help Henry and the rest, the doc and the marshal, all try to, uh, to fight off gunslinger but um the gunslinger obviously starts killing everyone still the doc asks for mercy and the gunslinger responds with you'll find no mercy from me which is pretty badass Uh, shoots the doctor with his hell guns uh he dies in a flurry of explosion (laughs) uh they all start shooting uh the gunslinger sort of ignores them and makes his way to ed kemper Kemper tries to throw some dynamite at him. The Hellspawn, sorry, the gunslinger (laughs) catches it, lets it explode in his face, and then continues moving towards him, where he grabs him by the neck, grabs a piece of dynamite, and proceeds to put it into his mouth and light it with the tip of his finger. Uh, He holds him there and watches as the dude explodes. And all you can see in the frame is what's left of his face, which is just the lower jaw, essentially.
0: I'm ninety percent certain that if you had dynamite anywhere near your body there wouldn't be much body left.
1: Yeah, yeah. The chest is sort of ripped open, the you can see the bottom teeth and the jaw and even the tongue is sort of flailing around, but the top half of the skull is gone. Completely blown off. It's pretty cool. It's a good picture.
0: <laughs> I mean, you gotta appreciate the like spawn uh the gr- the grotesquerie of it, gore, it, uh, I guess. Yeah, the grotesque. Right.
1: Yeah, the grotesque gore that goes on in the Spawn comic. So he makes his way, uh, or continues to make his way to kill literally everyone. Henry Simmons and the Marshal make their way over to the telegraph station to tell them to bring uh, a gang or something bring the army, because uh, there's nothing they can possibly do to stop this guy.
0: Bring everybody!
1: They make their way outside. Spawn gets the jump on them. He knocks Henry down, and then kills the marshal. Just as he's about to kill uh, Henry, Maman pops up out of nowhere and says, not him. You can kill all of them to the last squealing squealing infant, but not him. Uh, Obviously, old job or Jeremy Winston or the gunslinger says, okay, but he's not happy about it. And then Maman slips into oblivion once again. Cut back to, obviously, this is from the perspective of Henry. So we don't see what happens uh, anymore. From uh, from the gunslinger's perspective, we we see Henry wake up inside of a coffin, tied up, asking, <laughs> asking where the hell he is. And the gunslinger says, uh, well, it's not heaven. Okay. Um, Maman was right to spare you of all people in this town You're innocent of this crime You've nothing more to fear from me And then he says my family have been avenged And Henry goes you'll kill no more right And he's like there aren't anybody There's nobody left uh, And he's oh, like okay. you killed all of them Even the children and, <laughs> and then the gunslinger Puts his finger up to his mouth and goes Shh Don't speak I'm going to take you out of here you boot, you do best not to rile me or I may forget I'm supposed to let you live. <laughs> it's
0: so weird. All oh, right. It's so weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird.
1: So he takes him out of the morgue and sort of uh so this particular pane, window pane is very very graphic. There are people who are crucified up on pikes. There are those who have pikes through their chest cavities. The whole town is on fire, but there's a lot going on in this one panel alone.
0: I mean that sounds that sounds pretty spawny. Yeah. So he basically killed
1: everyone in that town. He basically takes Henry to the to the edge of a cliff and then lets him go in the coffin, still tied up, and says, "Hopefully, you'll remember me and my prayers." <laughs> uh, cut to Mammon coming to his rescue to cut him loose and saying, "I hope you're not too shaken. Uh, I don't intend to kill you." Uh, but in each generation, there can only be one Hellspawn. Uh, and I'm never wrong. But I realize now that when you were brought to me, it wasn't you who was supposed to be the Hellspawn. It was someone in your lineage. Obviously going down, we know it's going to be Al Simmons. is going to be the, the greatest Hellspawn on Earth. He says one of your children is going to be uh, the one who stands to rule this entire world in the name of uh, hell, essentially. And my mom lets him go. He ends up finding a uh, a name in the coffin. Uh, his name's Henry Henry Thomas Simmons. However, when he first started the story, he was actually Francis Parker or something was his real name, but he chose to change it after Maman let him go, escape him as best he could. Okay. So that then it ends up finishing off with Henry Simmons writing to his future generations saying, I need all of you to know that if this man in white comes to you, that you have to refuse him forever. And then the very last is uh, the gunslinger spawn standing over what's left of the town where a giant cavity has opened up and hell is calling it back. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'd like to see be made into a movie. And then obviously you can get your way into the actual gunslinger series that seems like a pretty decent movie at least enough of it that you can turn it into a at least 90 minute movie
0: that sounds like uh another like really good uh entry into the spawn franchise which uh very sad didn't uh have more movies because the first one was very good first
1: one was good but i don't think it made enough money for the Oh, studio. it definitely
0: did not. They used so much CGI in it that I'm sure that it didn't make its money back.
1: No, definitely not. But, yeah, there we go. That's what we got for you guys this week.
0: Yeah, very nice. Very yeah. nice.
1: So please join us again next week, Comic Book Friday. Have we got any ideas what we might be going over?
0: Oh, I know exactly what we're going over. I'm we're going to
1: be... Should we say it on three?
0: Uh, okay. One, One two... two three three doctor, doctor strange. strange yeah i never thought
1: yeah. so <laughs> only doctor strange uh yeah, so yeah. please join us for that we're gonna go as far deep as we can get and uh hopefully you guys enjoy the movie this is uh past kevin and past ryan telling you that we are going to hopefully enjoy the movie as well
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes watch it on our behalf because right now we're we're jonesing, we're jonesing we need for it, it. I've been we need some, so some strange
1: uh also join us for stargate sundays uh, this week we are going to be going over actually what is what are we going? Oh, a brief candle. a brief yes. candle is the name brief of the episode. Candle. This is a very good one. I'm very excited about it. This and the next few episodes are definitely going to be my favorites for the first season. Join us then. Uh, follow us on Twitter at seven days to Rock and Stone or at seven days to RSG, Facebook at seven days to RSG. Um, we're hoping to uh, to create a bit of a Twitch channel uh, so that we can do live video game stuff for you guys. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we can't get that going with a little bit of Hero Quest. I know Ryan's in for that, for sure.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Um, any of those who don't know what Hero Quest is, it's a predecessor to Dungeons and & Dragons.
0: And if you want to check me out, I'm uh, ouchmyyouth and twitch.com. Uh, I don't have a schedule. I just stream whenever I feel like it, so... Uh, you can check that out, and while we're getting our other stuff set up, uh, you know, keep checking out our podcasts. Uh, we're really getting into some really cool episodes for Stargate. So, uh, you know, let's talk it out. Let's hear what you think about these episodes too on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I think that's that's it, right? Yeah, guys that's
1: that's it for this week. We wish you seven days of rock and stone, Guardians.
0: Rock and stone.